Welcome to Notes from Your Acupuncturist, the podcast for anyone who's interested in acupuncture, complementary medicine, holistic health, and self-care. I'm your host, Alexa Bradley-Halsey. If you enjoy this show, you can help others discover it by leaving a rating or a review, by following or subscribing on your favorite podcast listening app, or simply by telling someone about it. And if you'd like to support this show financially, you can become a paid subscriber on Substack for just a few dollars a month. Just head over to Substack.com and search Notes from Your Acupuncturist, or click the link in the show notes. Okay, on with the show. Today, I'm joined by my colleague, co-worker, and friend, Trey Brackman. Trey and I have worked together at Encircle Acupuncture for over 10 years, and in that time, we've had countless conversations about the many things we love about acupuncture. I feel like there are a million things we could talk about, but today, we're going to talk about the art and science of acupuncture. So Trey, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Alexa. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing well. Good. Well, I feel like this is a great topic to discuss with you in particular, because I've known you for a long time, and I feel like this is sort of how your brain works. The science part of it appeals to the part of your brain that likes to be neat and orderly, but you're also an artist and you come from a family of artists. So you have that sort of yin and yang of the art and science within you and in your background. And I think that's one of the things that makes you a great acupuncturist. So I'm curious, when you first decided to become an acupuncturist, was that a sort of a conscious decision on your part to choose a field where you could be really both a scientist and an artist? thinking back all those years ago. Yeah, it was a few years ago. (laughs) It it was a long time ago when I first started receiving acupuncture, 30 years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, And no, I don't believe it really was a conscious uh, decision. It was interesting because I had always read about Eastern philosophy and Taoism and martial arts and Buddhism and all those things from a young age. And so I had read about acupuncture, Mm. but when I started receiving acupuncture, my life was in a very different place and I was considering very different, you know, lifelong career options. And when I started receiving acupuncture and feeling the benefits for myself and seeing them for other people that I knew, it kind of slowly evolved into, there's really something to this. This is mm. really a lot more than I ever imagined it it was or that it could be. Mm-hmm. And that really started me down the path of really delving into what is it about it that I love so much? Mm-hmm. And do I really love these other things I'm considering for a career? And... The, the meaning that it could have and the impact that it could have on other people if they could have a similar experience to me. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the evolution of that. But I never really sat down and thought, oh, well, I'm doing this and this is yeah. why. It was much more my own experience and thinking to myself, wow, if more people were doing this, mm-hmm. they could have a better quality of life. Was there an aha moment for you when you, when you really came to understand the power of acupuncture 
the aha moment for me was when my mother was getting acupuncture and, and Chinese herbs for lung cancer. Mm-hmm. And she had two tumors, one on each lung. And when she went and got her first CT scans, it showed the two tumors. And then after six months of acupuncture and herbs, one of the tumors was completely gone. Wow. And I was like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me? That that happens? Mm-hmm. And that was really a, you know, as a 19, 20, 21 year old, you know, kid, mm-hmm. young man, that was really eye opening and moving, you mm-hmm. know, because at that, to that point in my life, I hadn't seen or heard of anything like that. Most of the people I knew that ever got cancer, much like all of us, it's touched everybody, we, you know. Sure. And they had given my mom six weeks to six months to live. And that was what, 93, 1993, yeah. is that right? Mm-hmm. She's yeah. still with us. And so that, when those test results came back, and because I was the one taking her to all of her acupuncture appointments, and she was going two and three times a week. Mm-hmm. To see that and to to have verification that, wow, like mm-hmm. this really works. Mm-hmm. That was really the moment of, you know what? I think I'll skip the high adrenaline career. <laughs> <laughs> no more race car driving. No more race car driving. <laughs> no more ideas of being in special forces. <laughs> well, And I was ready to leave the carpentry world, which I had done since I was 11, 12 years old, so. But that was my aha moment. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you had that moment and glad that you chose acupuncture. Me too. I look back on it now and I always think to myself, I didn't choose acupuncture. Acupuncture chose me. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Because I wasn't looking for that. I wasn't looking for that career change or any of that. Um, Mm -hmm. But my experience with acupuncture and, and what it did for me and watching what it did for my mother and some other people that I knew was... Mm-hmm. So I'm very pleased. I'm um, 19 years into practice. Next year, next year will be 20 years of practice for me. So amazing. It's been a good. It's been good. So I, I feel like this this idea of acupuncture being both a science and an art. I feel like that is a way to answer a lot of the questions that we get from patients. So I think of a question. A, just a basic question that a lot of patients have is how do you decide where to put the needles? Right? Yes. And I, my response to that, I'm, I think I'm just bad at delivering jokes because nobody ever laughs, but my response is that's what they taught us in acupuncture school. (laughs) (laughs) See, you're laughing. So it is funny to some people, (laughs) but I guess I say that because, wow, that's a hard question to answer. Um, it it is, and it isn't. And, and your answer that you give patients is actually one of the parts of the answer to me. There's multiple parts. Yes. This is what they taught us in school. And you also, it's now based on experience and treating multitudes of people over many years. Mm -hmm. And that too, as part of the science of it is patient shows up with 
these signs and symptoms, whatever they are, whether it's, you know, a dry cough that only happens in the evening and that type of thing. And then there's that step-by-step -step scientific process of they're showing up with this. These points are known to treat this. Mm -hmm. But then as you get into acupuncture, and, and to me, one of the beauties of it is where it goes from there. Mm. And there's so there's thousands of years of case studies that show patient shows up with X, Y, and Z. We did this, this, and this. Then we added these herbs and then we did this and this is what happened. Mm -hmm. So now you can kind of see where if you use those acupuncture points, where the disease is going, where the insomnia is going to go. Oh, uh -huh. And that to me is more the art of it because there's a step-by-step -step logical process. The, the Chinese medical model is very logical if you break it down into its step-by-step -step processes mm -hmm. to get to what points am I going to use? Mm -hmm. And then there's the whole thing of now that we've done this and this has shifted, what do we do now? And then yes. when you add layers of experience, it becomes much more fluid than say rigid and Spock like from Star Trek. Cause you know, <laughs> one thing to do. Right. and when you first start out, sure, it is what they taught you in school because you don't have a lot of experience with the art of it. You have learned the science of it. And mm -hmm. to me, the art of acupuncture comes with more experience and the mm -hmm. flow of it. Mm -hmm. That's, so what, that's been how I've looked at that. Would you say that the science part of it is more the foundation of learning the facts of the medicine, learning where the points are located, learning what they're indicated for, learning the theories of the medicine. And then the art comes from experience and from listening to patients and from experimenting and trying different things. Yeah, I think that there's a, there's a, yeah, I would agree with that. You have to, I believe you have to learn, you have to learn where the points are, what they do, how to insert the needles you have to learn all of that just to even get started right and then once you get started and you start utilizing whatever model of acupuncture you first learned and there's many mm -hmm. and that's you know that to me is another part of the art of it is that there are so many modalities of acupuncture to choose from now. Yeah, we have like schools of, of acupuncture thought, just like there are schools of artists, artistic thought. Yes. And so you start, and as you grow in your experience and you learn other styles, and then you can combine them with other things to try to get the best results for whatever patient is standing in front of you. Mm -hmm. You know, so you can learn all the signs and symptoms that you want. And that's mm -hmm. the scientific part. But part of the art of it is not shoehorning a patient into those signs and symptoms, but tailor making the treatment protocol to what the patient is experiencing right in that moment. Because rarely have I ever had somebody come in with textbook spleen chi deficiency signs and symptoms. Right. They have those signs and symptoms plus signs and symptoms of this, that, and the other thing. Mm-hmm. 
And they'll have contradictory signs and symptoms. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> and I think and that's something that I, um, I saw when I was in acupuncture school. I saw my classmates struggling with. And it was trying to hold these two contradictory thoughts in your head at the same time and seeing them in the same patient. And so a patient can have cold signs and symptoms and heat signs and symptoms at the same time. It doesn't have to be one or the other and it and gets more complex from there. And that's one thing that I think um, that acupuncturists are really good at when we can open our our minds to that possibility of those contradictory things coexisting within the same person, then, then we really open ourselves up to possibilities of, of being creative and then, and then being artists with the medicine. I agree with that. And, and when you have those things and when you really step back and look at being able to have a patient with two contradictory signs and symptoms, and when you really parse out Chinese medicine and acupuncture is one of those can turn into the other. Yes. yes. And so the heart of it is which one is root, which one is not, which one is most predominant. And you start that to me is more the art of it because you mm -hmm. know the, what the signs and symptoms mean. Mm -hmm. You know now what channels it affects and then what points to use. But now it's, which do we treat first? Do we treat them simultaneously? Do we do a little bit of this and a lot of this? And that becomes the flow, the, to me, the brush strokes. Yes. On the canvas, right? Like it's, that's how I start thinking about that is. And then as we talked about pre, just a minute ago, where is it going to go? Yes. And I think that really gets to, one of the most fundamental concepts of our medicine. It's what we learned basically in day one of acupuncture school, which is yin and yang. Right. And one of the fundamental principles of yin and yang is that yin transforms into yang and yang transforms into yin. And that happens in the body too. And so that's, that's how we can kind of predict where is something going? Where is this insomnia going? What's going to happen next? We, we, can, um, we can predict that a little bit by just understanding those fundamental uh, concepts of yin and yang. Yes. And something that I tell patients frequently when, when they ask me, like, how can I have both of these at the same time? <laughs> yep. One of the things I tell patients is Chinese medicine is perfectly okay with paradox. Oh, yes. I love that. And in our Western culture, we typically grow up in a world that's not okay with paradox. No, we want it's to be either or. What do you mean chocolate can turn into vanilla, vanilla can turn <laughs> into chocolate? You know, we don't like that. Right. Mm -hmm. And and in Chinese medicine, it, we welcome that. We expect yes. that. Mm -hmm. If that's not happening is when I get worried. Right. Yes. Yeah. Because if you come in and you have all these really high yang signs and symptoms and I'm you know, trying to, to, to take care of that. I want to see some transformation into some more yin. 
-hmm. And if it's not, then that means I'm not, I need to rethink my approach mm -hmm. and maybe use a different modality of acupuncture that I've learned or mm -hmm. add herbs that do this or that. And, and, mm -hmm. and that to me, again, that's where the science and the art are kind of one turning into the other of, oh, we know where it's going now. So now we can shift mm -hmm. and the science lets you know where that's going, but it's the art form of now I need to place the needles here. And the other part of that too is, is that I run into the question of how many needles do you decide to use? How mm. do you determine that? And to me, that's much more the art because that just like everything else in Chinese medicine becomes very individual. Mm -hmm. Some patients really need and even ask for a lot of needles, mm -hmm. stronger stimulation, deeper penetration. Mm -hmm. And a lot of patients on the other side of that, that's too much for them. They don't like that. It, it, it's counterproductive. And that to me is also more the art form of learning. Okay. I know the science behind it. I know these points, 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 but this patient, I can only put six needles max in this patient because if I do more than that, mm -hmm. it's going to be counterproductive. And that's another part of that's another little brush stroke. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things that um, I, and probably many other acupuncturists find frustrating when I read research studies about acupuncture because research studies on acupuncture are modeled on uh, biomedical scientific research studies which have rigorous standards and they're double blind and everything has to be very uh, regimented and so let's say there's a research study about whether acupuncture can treat migraines and in the research study, the people getting the patients in the acupuncture group are getting the same points. They're getting the same number of needles. They're retained for the same amount of time. They do the same type of stimulation. Um, but that's not how we practice acupuncture. If I have five different migraine patients in my clinic one day, that's five different treatments. They're not getting the same number of needles, the same points, the same amount of stimulation, the same rest time because treatments are individualized and there that gets back to the art of it and they could all be the same points but for very different reasons as one point has many uses oh yes yes exactly and then you add like okay so and what are there seven different types of migraines in chinese medicine or something <laughs> along those lines right so you can't like that's that's one of the main to me, setbacks of using a Western medical model to do acupuncture research is mm -hmm. because there's so many different types of headache, migraine, cough, pain. Yes. There's so many different types that the double blind studies don't truly reflect how powerful it can be when you learn the art of the acupuncture of, like you said, I've got five migraine patients today. Well, this migraine patient has liver yang rising and that's the cause of their migraines. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, if you don't use liver yang rising points to deal with that migraine, what kind of results are you going to get? Not very good ones. So, right. So you have to, <laughs> you're going to get something, but it's right. not as effective. And so to me, yeah, I agree. That is very frustrating. And it, and it's, it's a limiting factor in Western science to be able to prove the validity of something that we know has worked for thousands of years. That's right. 
That's right. I mean, there's thousands of years of actual case studies, written case studies. Most of them will never be translated just because of the sheer volume of them. Right. Something else that we that we learn very early on in acupuncture school is how to locate points. And I think this also gets into the art and science of Chinese medicine and acupuncture because we learn a system called sun measurements and that's yep. C-U-N. And this is how we locate points and it's a proportional measurement system. So one sun is about an inch, but <laughs> it really depends on what patient you're measuring on and where on the body you're measuring. So um, I, the distance between the point between the eyebrows and the anterior hairline is recognized as three sun. Mm -hmm. Someone who has a really high forehead, three sun is going to be a lot wider on them than three sun on someone who has a really short, narrow forehead. And then three sun on their forehead might be different than three sun on their arm. And so I think that that system of measurement just really reinforces from the beginning that acupuncture and Chinese medicine are so individualized, not only for the patient, but for the specific part of the patient that we are working on. Um, and so, so every, it's like every needle insertion, every time an acupuncturist touches you, every needle insertion is so individualized for you as a patient, just based on how we're even finding the points on you. Yes, and that is something that early in my career, I, I really struggled with is like, this is where they showed me stomach 36 is, but on this patient, I promise you, that's not where stomach 36 is. Right, because then it, you might think you found it, but the patient doesn't, it's, it's not there. We can just yeah. tell by feeling it's not there. And then as I have progressed and, and, and worked with other acupuncturists and acupuncturists that have more experience than I do, you learn that, well, yeah, sure, that's stomach 36, but really it's a half soon this way on this patient or a half soon down or whatever it is. And then you can start feeling it when you put the needle in. Oh, mm -hmm. that is what an acupuncture point feels like when it's in the right spot because the needle just glides. Mm -hmm. You can mm -hmm. feel it on the handle. Yeah. You know, that that's that's interesting. So let's talk about some of what it feels like on our end of the needle. Because patients always want to know, like, does it hurt? What does acupuncture feel like? What does it feel like when the needle goes in? But as an as the acupuncturist, we feel something too. And that's an important part of the treatment. So when you're treating a patient and you're putting in that needle, what are, what are you feeling for on your end of the needle on the handle? I'm, I'm, I'm feeling for if it glides in, like it's just a nice smooth insertion. And if there's a little, there's almost like a little grab, like mm -hmm. right when it hits that, the sweet spot, when it's mm -hmm. right where, you know, it's supposed to be. It's there's this little sensation on the needle that's like the body just tugs it just a titch like, oh, we're good. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. if it's too much, you can really feel it because the, you know, it really and the patient goes, <gasps> oh! uh <-huh. laughs> and you, you know, you're like, oh, yeah, too far. Psh, gotta readjust. But it's mm -hmm. that 
Mm-hmm. When I put a needle in and it resists, that's one of two things in my experience. It's one, you're not exactly in the right spot on mm-hmm. that particular patient mm-hmm. where the body doesn't want that point. Oh, uh-huh. So I will always adjust it and try it a second time. And if it glides in, I'm like, oh, I just needed to adjust for this particular patient. And if it doesn't go in a second time after I adjust it, I just, I just move and pick a different point. And to me, that's another part of the art of it is that, okay, their body is telling me this is not what I want right now. And you're not, and I don't ever try to force it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. I just with, you know, what? 2000 points to choose from or so 1500 whatever the number right. it's a big number i'll find a workaround yeah and i i feel like we get a lot of information too on our end of the needle yeah agreed um you know a, a point that we use pretty commonly in our clinic is gallbladder for gallbladder 21 which is located at the top of the shoulder and this is where a lot of people hold their stress and people have just knots here at gallbladder 21. When someone holds their stress in that point and their gallbladder channel is stagnant and their liver yang energy is rising up through the gallbladder channel, you can really feel it uh, when you're putting in the needle. I mean, it's like, it's like you're trying to put a needle into a piece of wood sometimes. And then that gives us information. And that's part of the art of it too. Like what, what's being, we don't just transmit our energy through the needles to the patient. We get a lot back through the needles coming back to us from the patient. And all of that is information that we use. It is. And, and learning what that information means to mm. turns that from just information into knowledge that then you can use in other patients. That's right. And that to me is more part of the art form of it mm-hmm. is that you, you've got this one patient and you're like, Whoa, this is liver young rising. It's really tight in their neck and shoulders. And you get all that information and you put the needles in and you can sometimes see it kind of just, and you're like, okay, now why is it rising? Where where in their life is this coming from? Is this like a recent thing? Is this an old thing that has been triggered to come back to the surface? All the things that go with that. And then when you have another patient come in and they appear similar, you, you have the, that experience of, oh, well, this worked really well on this person. They're, these people are very similar, so I'm going to try something similar, but maybe I'm also going to add or subtract something to get the get results. Mm-hmm. But you can really feel the difference. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can feel the difference when you take the needles out. I feel a big difference when you take them out versus when they go in. Oh yeah, absolutely. And sometimes, sometimes needles will fall out while a patient is resting. And mm-hmm. sometimes that happens because the patient moves, but sometimes it happens when they haven't moved. And then I feel like that gives us information as well. And for me, I think of it as that, that that needle has fulfilled its purpose and no longer, your body no longer needs it. So your body sort of says thank you and, and let's go of the needle. Yeah, I, I have a similar experiences with that and the needles being pushed out. The one that I always make a joke about is ear shin men. Because I have a lot of patients who I'll put that needle in and they say, oh, well, I heard this pop 
and the needle came out of my ear. And I always joke and go, well, your stress was so much, it just pushed the needle out. <laughs> <laughs> that happened to me once. I This was a very strong reaction I had to acupuncture. And this was a number of years ago. And I was working at the clinic and our uh, friend and former coworker Janelle was working with me that day. And I started to feel very sick during my shift and it was weird. I just had stomach pain and was very achy. Um, I didn't have a fever, but I, I just felt unwell. And I, I said, Janelle, I don't, I can't finish my shift. I, I, I don't think I can do this. She's like, okay, sit in a chair. I'm going to treat you. And she did a treatment on me and she did ear shen men in my ear, which is a very commonly used acupuncture point. And, um, after about five minutes, I felt ear shen men pop out and it wasn't just like it f fell out. I f it felt like it shot across the room <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> and, and then I could feel my ear bleeding and I, I could feel a drop of, or more than a drop of blood come out of that ear. And, um, Janelle came over and, you know, tried to, you know, got the blood off of my ear and I immediately felt 100% better. It was such a strong, immediate reaction. And the my symptoms had come on very quickly. And then they went away just as quickly. And my body needed to release something. I don't even know what it was, but it needed to release something. And it did through that point. It was amazing. Yes. And we see that a lot with acupuncture, I think. I think that's a common thing to to see that and to have people have those immediate mm -hmm. boom mm -hmm. and i think part of that is when you have an acupuncturist who has a firm grasp of the science and enough experience with the art and the science mixed together to get that mm -hmm. yeah my treatments yeah. now 19 20 years in are far more they're effective faster. Does that make yeah. sense? Like you are getting better results in a shorter amount of time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think part of the art of it too, is that an acupuncturist can sense progress sometimes before a patient can, because we feel the pulses and we feel for subtle changes in the pulses. And we also, we, we gather information in a way that maybe a patient isn't necessarily paying attention to. So if a patient has insomnia, um, we want to know when does the insomnia occur? What did you do before you went to bed? What time are you waking up? Are you waking up a bunch or are you waking up once? Or are you have just having a hard time falling asleep and then you're asleep through, for the rest of the night? Like all of that means something to us. And for a patient, it might just feel like, oh, I still have insomnia, but little changes like this are like, like that are signals to us. And so then it gets back to, well, where's this going? This is, this is progressing in some way. And then we take in that information and craft a tr treatment accordingly. Yeah, it, it's, I, I tell patients all the time, the body doesn't lie. Mm. So when you feel the pulse, and you 
observe patients and you listen to the, their voice and do they have tension? Do they not have tension? Is there mm-hmm. stress in their voice or when they or sit down and you're feeling the pulse in their face, do they start to cry? Is, are their shoulders pinned up to their ears when they walk in? Is their face flush? Are the tips of their ears red? And when you start parsing all that out and listening to what they're telling you is going on, like you said, with their sleep, oh, we'll have terrible insomnia. Oh, I have a hard time falling asleep and staying asleep. And then when they come back in after treatment and you question them further, like, I still have insomnia. Well, are you still having trouble falling asleep? Well, no, I fall asleep. Great. Well, we yeah. that's progress. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of times I think that when you're in the middle of something, you don't, you don't recognize the subtle changes yeah. because like I said, you're still waking in the night. Well, yes. However, this part of it is better. And sometimes the changes are really subtle mm-hmm. and you don't notice them at first and other people notice them first. I have a lot of patients that come in and go, I had somebody tell me the other day that they asked me what I was doing differently because I just looked more relaxed. Mm-hmm. And the only thing I changed was acupuncture, but I still feel stressed. Well, you're, yeah. you're still feeling it internally, but your body is beginning to let it go. Mm-hmm. And the, the subtlety of that is sometimes lost on us when we're in the middle of our struggle, whatever it is. That's so true. And that makes me think of the patients we have who they come to acupuncture because they're either their family members or their coworkers insist that they come to acupuncture because <laughs> it helps them be less stressed and less irritable and easier to be around. <laughs> I have gotten many a thank you card from a spouse. <laughs> yes. And uh-huh. I've never treated the I've never treated the spouse, but I have gotten many a thank you card from spouses for <laughs> yeah. thank you for helping my husband not toss and turn all night long. Thank yeah. you for, you know, my wife not waking at 2 a.m. and asking me if I'm awake, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and all of that combines, you know, it's, it's, that's another thing that it to me is so beautiful about acupuncture is that you can use the science aspect of it to get these beautiful changes, but it doesn't just change for the person that's standing in front of you. Mm-hmm. It changes, I don't know, for their seven closest friends. Mm-hmm. You know, we all have a really tight circle that we see regularly. It changes for them too. Absolutely. Because your quality of life is improving, which means everyone in that orbit is improving. It's that the analogy is the stone in the middle of the pond. It has that ripple effect. Yes. And as you get better at the art and science of acupuncture, that spreads out farther and farther into the world and reaches more and more people. I I think that's been my experience with that. Yeah. Yeah, it does. And so acupuncture, it treats individuals, it treats families, it treats communities, it treats the world. And, you know, we talk about acupuncture as we're, we're bringing, we're trying to bring your body into balance. That's kind of like a sort of a generic way that we talk about it. Oh, we're just trying to bring your body into balance with acupuncture. Well, your body in balance helps then bring other people into balance and your community and and the world so we're really helping the whole world be in balance 
Agreed. And the more people that be, get that way, I think the larger part of that is the better our communities will be. Yeah. And it's not even that I don't think you can't get results with just the scientific part of acupuncture. If you just look at the logical step-by-step process and that's all that you ever use, you will get results. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You'll still get results. I don't know if it is as profound or not because I don't do that. Mm -hmm. But it's similar to me in, in Tai Chi. In Tai Chi, you can learn the form. But if you don't learn how to practically apply it and use the breath with it, you're only getting part of the benefit. Right. And that to me is very similar with acupuncture is that if you start utilizing all of these moving parts and you learn more than one modality, you can master one or two modalities. But if you have a working knowledge of these others, of a Japanese style or of a Dr. Dong style or a Dr. Tan or whatever it is, because you're going to run across a patient that doesn't respond well to what you normally do, what you consider your style, what you've adopted, what you've mastered. But if you have a working knowledge of, oh, you know what? I think I'm going to use this on them. To me, that is transcending just the science part of it also, and more of the art of, I'm going to blend this into, I'm going to blend this into my vanilla ice cream and make it a little bit chocolate because that's what they need. Yes. Yeah. And Chocolate vanilla swirl. Yes. And, and I think that that gets a lot better results than just sticking to one mm-hmm. thing. Like I, per, I practice predominantly one thing mm-hmm. and I'm really good at it, but I have working knowledge of these other ones. And I have certain patients that I'll only do a, one of those other modalities on because it's getting such amazing results for them. Mm-hmm. I have a question for you. Okay. How long did it take you to feel comfortable with the science blending it with what we're terming the art side of acupuncture? How many years did you practice before you really felt like you were blending that well and using the step-by-step process to discern what's going on with the patient and then put the needles in and follow the pattern to where it went and, and to help them? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. I think that that, that all really didn't come together for me until I started practicing community acupuncture. And I practiced acupuncture for five years in a private room setting before I started practicing community acupuncture. So for those first five years, I, um, I was probably more focused on the science side of it and wanting to get things right and wanting to uh, pick out the right points for the patient and pick out the right herbs and just like wanting to get an A on the test if this were a test. Then when I started practicing community acupuncture, first of all, I started seeing a lot more patients. So I just had more practice, you know, more people to practice on, more, uh, more, hands-on pulses, more needles in and out. So like my hands started doing things from muscle memory and I could sort of get my brain out of the way. And so I think when I started practicing community acupuncture, I stopped overthinking things. 
and I let my hands sort of have a mind of their own and then I could really just tune into what is really going on with this patient and not have to go through that mental checklist. So yeah, I, it, it took me, I, I guess it took me about five years, but it was really doing community acupuncture because I was seeing more patients and also this community acupuncture was just the way that I personally was meant to practice. And so I was practicing in alignment with my values and it's a, it's a vocation. It's a calling for me. And then everything really came together for me when I started doing that. How about you? Similar. I, I focused a lot on the science. My dad called me Spock as a child because I was obsessed <laughs> with logic and wanted everything to be logical. Yeah, I can see that. I, some of that changed for me when I started really focusing on practicing martial arts. Mm-hmm. And I practiced for almost nine years before I came to community acupuncture. Mm-hmm. I, I was doing, s- saw some changes prior to becoming to community acupuncture. But when, similar to you, when I got to community acupuncture, it was so very freeing for me because mm-hmm. I had found the way that I was meant to practice. Yes. This private room acupuncture exhausted me. Like at the end of a day, I might see six or seven or eight or 10 patients doing private acupuncture mm-hmm. and I'd have to go home and go to bed. Yeah. And with community acupuncture, I can see 30 yeah. and still go home and be a husband and a dad. Yeah. And feeling that many more pulses and talking to that many more people and being able to focus in on what is, I have a limited window. What is going on with this patient right here, right now? Mm-hmm. And what can acupuncture do to help them? And, and it, and it did, it clears out that I don't have to think about the step-by-step process anymore. Right. I don't have to think about where a lot of the points are anymore. Cause I can see them and mm-hmm. feel them versus having to go, oh, well, this is three soon. This is what the book says three soon is. I can feel it on their body. And then when I feel it and I, I can go, oh, that's where it is. And I can see it. And then you can really feel yep. it when the needle goes in. And that is to me, you know, you transcending just the science and blending it with the art is being able to, to remove that I have to have the sheet of paper that says, I have to ask these questions in this order that that, right. that you can eliminate a lot of that. Yeah. Um, and, and, and it just flows. Yeah. It's the flow and you yeah. get in that flow. And acupuncture is all about flow. Yeah, exactly. And that really changed for me when I came to work for you. Yeah. It, it, it accelerated that. I think I would have gotten there eventually anyway. Mm-hmm. But it would have taken way, well, maybe I wouldn't have, maybe I would have burned out. Maybe I would have just been so exhausted from private room acupuncture if I'd never found, maybe you know, in circle acupuncture. Yeah, maybe so. But definitely since coming to community acupuncture and being freed to, to practice the way I like to practice and to move around the room and, and to see a lot of people, that's how they practice in China. They see, they see 30, 40, 50 people a day. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's fun. It makes it exciting and fun to do. And it makes it so that to me, part of the art of community acupuncture 
mm-hmm. is that we're able to see people enough to see real lasting change, real lasting improvement to their back pain, which translates into a higher quality of life, which yeah. translates into a higher quality of life for whoever they live with, because they're not having to listen to this person come home and say, oh, my back is killing me today. Right. They don't say that. And they come home and go, I had a really good day today. Yeah. No, I don't want to just sit home and put an ice pack on my back. I on my back. I want to go out. Let's go. Let's go to Cheekwood and see the flowers or <laughs> whatever it is. Yeah. And that is the art of what we do. Most people might not know this about me, but I actually care about people. I know that about you. <laughs> I, pretend, I pretend that I don't sometimes, but I, I, care, I care deeply about, I care deeply about people having a high quality of life. Yes, and I care deeply exactly. about sharing the power of acupuncture with them. People always say, oh, Trey, you, no, no, it's not me. Mm-hmm. It's the acupuncture. Yeah. Sure, I have the knowledge and I went to school and I learned how to apply it. But the real healing happens after the needles are in and you're there in your own body. And that's not me. That's the acupuncture. What's the, what's that they called him in the matrix? The key master. Yes. I have the keys. I'm just <laughs> unlocking the doors and I'm getting out of the way that's and you're right. doing the hard work. It's true. You're doing the hard work. I get to do the fun part. This has been a fascinating conversation. I'm so glad that you joined me today. Um, we've we've talked about acupuncture off and on so many times over the years. And so it's, <laughs> it's fun to do it with microphones in front of us and to be able to share the conversation with others. Yeah, I was thinking when you asked me to be on the podcast, how many different conversations we've had about all these different oh facets gosh. of acupuncture. And I wish now I'd been taking notes the whole time. I know. I know. We could have written a book. We could still write a book. We could still but write yes. a book. <laughs> and so thank you for having me on. I love talking about acupuncture. I love sharing it with our local community as well as reaching out to any and all communities the world over and, and implore you to find, to find it for yourself. And if it's acupuncture, fabulous. If it's yoga, whatever your thing is that helps you have a higher quality of life, you know, that's, that's important. Well, if you would like to keep up with Trey, you can follow Encircle Acupuncture on Facebook and Instagram. Trey will pop into our social media feed every now and then and share some wisdom. And he will also tell an occasional dad joke. So, I do tell occasional dad jokes. Would you like to send us off with a dad joke, Trey? Oh, you're putting me on the spot. <laughs> well, I would tell you a joke about pizza, but it's kind of cheesy. Oh, no. <laughs> you asked off the cuff. I know. Okay. <laughs> that didn't disappoint. So thank you. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Notes from Your Acupuncturist. If you liked what you heard, please follow this show, leave a rating or review, or just tell someone about it. And if you want to join the conversation, you can subscribe to Notes from Your Acupuncturist on Substack, where you can comment, ask questions, participate in discussion threads, watch videos, and read more of my reflections on acupuncture and healing. Huge thanks, as always, to our paid subscribers for helping keep this work sustainable. 
You too can become a paid subscriber for just a few dollars a month. Just head over to substack.com and search notes from your acupuncturist or click the link in the show notes. Until next time, this is Alexa Bradley-Hulsey, your acupuncturist, signing off with love and gratitude.